0: All right, in the next couple of weeks coming up, specifically on Thursday, February 23rd at 1 p.m. Central time. Central time. We are gonna be doing a webinar on search engine optimization formula. It's our SEO formula. We're gonna be helping patient care businesses rank on Google.
1: Yeah, we're sending out emails, but at the same time, if you are slightly interested, hit us up at hello at patientcaremarketingpros.com, and we'll send you the link to it. It's gonna be about an hour, hour and a half. and we're going to go through the whole process like the, right. the like the last webinar we did last month was actually super successful we yes. were very happy with that had a good turnout had some good information had some good follow up with
0: some people which was great more but, importantly we were able to help some people
1: yeah there was actually yeah. some questions thrown out there and the answers they gave back were like oh we can help you that's right and so and the goal is that we give you stuff to do after the, the webinar it's not just just turn this on and listen and say well that was fun no this is like a worksheet some things that will actually like if you do this this will actually help you this yeah. will be
0: a practical application master class on search engine optimization for patient care businesses mm-hmm. click the link in the in the podcast notes below to register and again it's on thursday february 23rd
1: at 1 p.m at central time
0: we will see you there Hey, welcome back to another episode of Walkins Welcome. We are excited to help you triple your revenue through digital marketing services and exceptional patient experience. Michael Ray is with me. Dr. Rop is with me. I'm Nick Horde. And here's the cool thing, Michael, is we're getting back to our series where we're interviewing uh, professionals in the medical oh, yeah. space. I'm excited to have that.
1: So, great. And, and, and honestly, this is a perfect start to the year as well in terms of interviews because... We've known Dr. Rob for a little while, right? Um, and so we've grown, we've developed that relationship
0: over time. But tell us a little bit about Dr. Rob. Let me do this quick intro, and then I'll let you say hello to everybody. So Dr. Rob is the co-founder and medical director of Aspen Medical Center. It's in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they also have another location in Española. Um, he's a board-certified family physician, and they offer primary and urgent care. Dr. Rob enjoys international volunteering, which I think is super cool uh, soccer, backpacking, and of course, time with friends and family. Hey, thank you for joining with us.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. And we're just going to roll right into the first
1: opening question and, sa- and just to kind of get the, the episode going, what's one thing about owning an urgent care business that surprised you the most?
2: Uh, that's a, that's a good question. What surprised me the most, I guess, um, hard hard to answer that in in you know very simply, but I think there's just there's just so much involved. There's so much behind the scenes. I mean, uh, there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of uh, moving pieces. I think um you know I've recently been looking at all the contracts that we have with different vendors and different relationships we have. Everything from uh, you know, the, the people who, who clean our floors, to the people we do marketing with, the people that, that do our electronic health record, I think we have at least 60 different vendors mm-hmm. relationships we have. So it's it's a you know there, there's just so much behind the scenes that you, you don't realize it until you're the one that's paying all the bills for all those all those vendors that, that there's, it takes a lot to, uh, to to just operate, you know, keep the operations going.
1: 60 vendors so that's that's
0: the definition of spinning plates yeah
1: (laughs) and it's one one of those things you assume okay we 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 signed off on this whenever ago i'm sure things are fine and then you look at the bill like i don't remember paying that much before
0: (laughs) i I guess uh, how many years have you been in business now dr Rob?
2: so we opened up almost 10 years ago so we're approaching the the 10-year mark of course we had to to start the, uh, you know, the organization and, and start to get insurance contracts and everything before we opened it. So we started this journey over 10 years ago.
0: Oh man. And that, you didn't start with 60 vendors. No, no. <laughs> how, how, did, how did that unfold? I mean, you, you, obviously there's the core ones. I got to pay my, my electric bill. You know, I've got to pay my taxes. Nice. I've got to hire people. But what are the ones that you're like, oh, I did not see that coming?
2: Well, uh, for one, we we have a, a company that we work with to work on our all of our insurance contracts and credentialing with insurance companies. And you know that that's a huge process that usually takes several months to get become, you know credentialed and contracted. Uh, you know, and we could have tried to do it on our own, but we found it easier to go with uh, with the company. You know, we do do our own in-house billing, but we could have gone with a billing company. But we do use billing software that that connects with our uh, with our electronic health record. Um, and so there's just there there's just a lot of different moving pieces. You we you know we have someone come in to to do our floors because we have polished concrete floors which are pretty low maintenance, but but you know they get scuffed up and we have to have somebody, you know. So there's all there's just all different things like that
1: well and i'm curious too so uh did the vendor list get longer when you added the second location or did it stay the same vendors
2: it it probably got a little bit longer um because we've got different people doing the cleaning up there we've got a different internet service provider uh so it did get a little bit longer i mean whenever we could use the same vendors we did but but uh, we couldn't always do that yeah
0: Well, I want to hear about Aspen Medical Center. Tell me about where you are today in business and kind of the vision that you had for the company.
2: So when we first started, you know, 10 years ago now, uh, we felt that there was a need for more urgent care in the, in, in Santa Fe and in Northern New Mexico. And uh, we also Like the idea of integrating the primary care with the urgent care, making it sort of a one-stop shop for Mm -hmm. patients. Uh, And so, you know, we had this vision of a place where people could come and see their regular doctor and do their checkups, but also, you know, if something happened after hours or on the weekend, and they suddenly came down with a sore throat, or they thought they might be getting COVID, and they wanted to check in with someone maybe get a prescription or see if they if they needed to be further evaluated there's a place for them to go where we have all their medical records they can they can come and see us um you know and so that's was sort of our our vision now we have in-house labs in-house x-rays at both facilities um we we do acupuncture next door so we sort of blended the the east and western philosophies of medicine and uh and and you know we've We've got another location in, in Espanola that, that was uh, was an add-on after we had started in Santa Fe and, and we're the only other urgent care place in in Espanola outside of the hospital, which doesn't even do ur- that much urgent care anymore. It's more of an ER. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the thing that's changed is in Santa Fe, when we started, we were one of about three different urgent care options. And now they're somewhere between seven and 10, depending on if you count, you know, the two CVS minute clinics and and other, other places that are available like that.
0: I would be interested to know um, it's, it's been my experience that my primary care physician is kind of a three month out untouchable person that I can't get in front of without this long drawn out process. And then there's the immediate urgent care, space where it's you know it's a walk-in welcome right or you know you can save your spot online like clockwise I believe is what you guys use how do you bridge that gap from somebody and and really I'm trying to phrase this question right not just bridge the gap but like what is the difference in how you would treat somebody for primary care versus immediate care
2: well of course uh with immediate care there's there's some urgent issue that the patient has that they feel needs to be addressed right away And uh, and so that's something we want to get people in in a timely manner. We want to make sure that we address their their major concern or concerns. With primary care, you know, it's it's almost like sometimes I think of it as as a mixing of agendas. So you know, someone may come in for their primary care visit, and they may have you know personal issues that they want to discuss or or their own concerns. Uh, medical problems, but but I my goal as a primary care provider is to keep someone as healthy as I can for you know help to improve their their health and quality of life and help them you know live as long and healthy a life as possible. So so I may you know bring in a discussion of other things like oh you know we really should get your blood pressure under control. It's you know it's been high the last couple of visits and. I want to talk to you about how to do that, and, but they may not feel anything from that, but they may want to talk to me about, you know, uh, the headaches that they're having or their back pain or, or you know, their acid reflux or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just to get back to your point, um, what you described, three months to get in for the primary care provider is a very common problem. I mean, and, and certainly in New Mexico, there's a shortage of all kinds of physicians, including primary care providers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at Aspen, what we try to do is, well, number one, they can always come in as a walk-in and see at least one of our other providers. But, uh, I also try to keep a couple of slots open, you know, almost every day or every week Mm -hmm. anyway. That's That's good. So that if someone calls in at the last minute, they need to be seen very often. I can squeeze them in either that afternoon or in the next day or so. Um, I'm just
0: trying to think, like, if more doctors, just in general, I, I get the the idea of filling up your calendar. You know, it's it's revenue, it's it's keeping your day full. But I just wonder, Michael, like, if more medical professionals would just keep some open availability for those who genuinely need to pop in there. Some buffer, you know. I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. I think that's actually, that that might be a unique separator for you that I've just never explored before. That's, that's kind of a big deal.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We try Like I say, we try to be a one-stop shop and we try to really accommodate people and, and, and meet patients where they're at and, you know, whatever they're ready for.
0: Well, we've had the unique opportunity to read uh, your reviews and you guys have a great reputation uh, of taking care of your, your patients and, and having that one-stop shop approach. I think that's fantastic. So Michael, I know you got some questions. I'll keep going if you want.
1: Well, I was going to say, so, um, so you said you, you started this t- uh, 10 years ago. Have, why? What was like, you know, I'm going to start my own urgent care. I'm just going to go out there and do it. Like, what was the driving force behind that? Let's go. Cause that, that's a, that's a big, let's do this.
2: Yes. And you know, I have to be honest, if I knew what I was getting in, <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> what I, was getting into, I don't know if I would have done it all over again. I wonder how many
0: people are listening right now. They're like, Hmm. I feel that, like, uh,
2: but but I will say that um, you know everything that's happened, opening up Espanola and whatnot. It, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't. It wasn't planned. I, I'm basically the type of person that takes advantage of opportunities as they arise, and so you know through a a, a twist of circumstances um, and and different things that that happened and that were happening. Uh, you know, over 10 years ago now led to me having this opportunity to open this practice. And, uh, you know, I have to just to mention uh, Joanna and Naya at this point, you know, I have to give a shout out to her. She's, um, you know, our our operations, you know, maybe the, the brains behind the business, you know, she really uh, helped me open up uh, Aspen and and create this uh, you know, this service to the community is the way I, I like to think of it. And, uh, you know, without her, I wouldn't have been able to done it, you know, to, to have done it. And, you know, the way that did, that our arrangement was, you know, from the beginning, you know, was sort of, you know, Dr. Rop, you, you see the patients and, uh, and I'll run the business, you know. And uh, there's definitely, you know, been some overlap in terms of our roles and things like that. But, but uh, you know, you, you have to have to be able to do something like this, you have to have the right people and she was the right person. So.
1: I mean, that, I think that's just a Testament right there where don't do it alone. That's right. Don't, don't just say, I, I got this. You need some key people to do what they're good at and let you doc, let, let the doctor doc. Right.
0: Yeah. Doctors got a doc. <laughs> right. Well, we've had the chance to right. meet uh, miss Joanna and she is fantastic. Yeah. She's awesome. We, we like she's her. Awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let me switch gears just a little bit. We'll quit talking about all the past stuff and how you got here. Let's talk about the future. So, ten years ago, you started. Well, a lot's happened in ten years, especially in the past couple, three years, right? Yes. So, it 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 changed perspective on everything. Urgent cares have become, I don't know, instrumental, in my opinion, in the medical in the medical community. So, I was going to ask, what do you, in your own words, describe as retail healthcare? How do you how do you think about that?
2: Well, I guess. Retail healthcare, the way you phrase it, um, it to me, it's it's um, it's a more modern version of healthcare. It's it's the reality that we live in. Uh, healthcare, essentially, in in the world of retail, is is treated as another service or another commodity. It's another uh, thing that that is provided by different providers. It's provided in. In different settings, I think in the old days people used to think of healthcare as well. It's something that's you, the doctor's office might be near the hospital because they need to be near the hospital because their patients might be in there. Uh, but but in retail healthcare, you know, our clinic is, is in a strip mall, you know, and uh, I think it's bringing healthcare to the people, bringing it to their neighborhoods where they are, and uh, taking it away from sort of the the hospital or the or the ivory tower and and we're and we're trying to uh, you know the, the other thing in retail is there's a lot of competition so you know we've got the CVS minute clinics we've got other urgent cares we've got the the hospitals now that are opening up urgent cares uh, so there there's a lot more competition so it, it, there's a lot more um you know, concern of even even through, uh, you know, the directives through the CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services through the federal government, there's a lot of um, sort of soliciting of patient feedback. And, you know, our quality scores, you know, at the at the federal level, you know, some of that is based on patient surveys. And so, you know, it's just sort of a new era where we're really treating in some ways, you know, patients as customers and, you know, all of, all that goes into, to, to, to marketing and, 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 you know, providing that service.
0: I love the fact that you just said patients as customers, because the traditional way of doing things is they were a patient as a patient, right? Right. You're not looking to extract value out of your, your goal is still to serve. Right. You, you still want to make sure that you're taking amazing care of your patient, but you're also kind of dependent on their return visits, their family yeah. visits. It's, it's shifted from just, hey, I'm here. Use me if you need me to now I'm pursuing you as a medical professional. And I, this is my opinion. OK, I'm, I'm not beating up any doctors or anything like that. I don't want it to come across that way. But it's my opinion that I get better care from retail health care than I do from my traditional healthcare, and the reason is is because you care that I'm there and they don't
1: well I was thinking about you had said the ivory tower yeah and so it's like that that mind shift of you're not the only doc in the in the city like I can go somewhere else quickly I don't have to pay your rate or whatever I can go find somebody else that give just as good or better care And i feel like they want me to be there i'm not just a a nuisance to them in their day right so but yeah i think that's the that transit that retail part of it where like let's generally speaking when there's competition things are better for the end use the customer the patient generally speaking
0: it's it's tougher on your industry yep like from how do you stand out how do you how do you break through the noise but man, if you just treat somebody right, they're going to keep coming back. We have an urgent care here in Birmingham that I'm not going to mention who they are, but it's the only one I'll go to because they made me feel like I was welcome, cared for. the The doctor texted me, wow, two days later to check on me. Who does that? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It was just it was just next level service, and I'm like, I'm not going to go to another facility. Um, let's keep going. I got a couple more questions here, so thank you. What a great concept on the retail healthcare. Where do you see the industry as a whole going in the next three to five years? And then I'll let you take the last question.
2: Well, you know, I I think there are different movements out there right now. And I don't know which direction things are gonna go. I mean, I think uh, you know, you mentioned this concept of retail healthcare. And I think in a fee-for-service environment, which is what urgent care is, uh, you know, we're may in some ways, just see more of the same, more competition, more investment. You know, we may see more consolidation of urgent care centers, that that type of thing. Uh, but there's another movement that's going on right now that is what we call value-based care.
1: Value-based care.
2: Okay. Yes, and that's that's really not it's 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 a different from almost opposite of a fee-for-service model. And it's, and it's something that's been tried in various forms in the past, but it's being pushed now by the, by the federal government through Medicare, uh, through different programs um, that are value-based programs, one, one of which is Medicare Advantage that a lot of private insurance companies are taking advantage of. And then there's also uh, ACOs, Accountable Care Organizations, uh, which we're uh, a member of uh, with the, uh, the Christus um, St. Vincent facility. And uh, this is a way where you're reimbursed for providing quality care to a population of patients. And there's this concept of what's called shared savings.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and so that um, what happens through, for example, our, our accountable care organization is that Medicare looks at all the population, all the patients that are being cared for in this group of patients, and uh, looks historically at how much it costs to care for these patients over the last three years. And then if we let's just you know throw out some round figures, let's say it it cost you know fifty million dollars traditionally to take care of this population, and then this past year, twenty twenty two. It only cost us, you know, 40, $45 million. Well, then Medicare says, oh, you saved the federal government money. So we're going to take, you know, a percentage of that savings, you know, let's say 40% after administrative costs, and we're going to give it back to you. Uh, So it provides an incentive.
1: Oh, wow. That's that's kind of
2: amazing. Yeah, yeah. It provides an incentive to provide high quality care at a lower cost. So- you know, I mean, I think in theory, the concept of it is a good one. Now, the, sometimes the way it gets implemented is is not ideal. And that's maybe a discussion for another time. But this is another area that um, could potentially expand and go not only from Medicare, but go into, uh, you know, private insurances or Medicaid populations as well. And And it has in the past in various forms, like with HMOs and the the whole uh, Kaiser, you know, uh, system, which is in California and other parts uh, of the country. Um, so I see, I see different directions that healthcare could go, depending on which segment of healthcare you're looking at.
1: I could see, though, discussing the value-based care and urgent care style business would probably be like the forefront of that. Uh, providing, like, a lower – hey, you saved the government money because right. you, were, you were efficient because you were already efficient. You just knew how to be better at it. Uh, exactly. We had
0: on a previous podcast um, where that person's software would go in and help them yeah. save money at the hospital level. Yep. And this sounds like the government trying to s- step in and say, hey, healthcare is being overrun with maybe inundated uh, – I, I didn't have to do all 37 of those procedures. I could have done three of them to get the job done, but you're just right. trying to build medical and we're going to reward you for doing the right thing is what it sounds like in theory. Yeah. In theory. And, right. and I know you also said like in practice is a little different, but in theory, I like that as a consumer. Right. Right.
1: Well, I even think about, so uh, COVID had, did, did a lot of things to the medical world for sure. And, but one like personal example my wife had a procedure done. She had done, had the procedure done five years ago, and it was like, ah, your recovery time is eight hours, and you can leave the hospital. We had to do the procedure this year. This is, you know, post-major COVID, and they said, oh, because of COVID, we figured some stuff out. Your recovery time is only three hours. Yeah. And so, and so it went from a full hospital day to half hospital day. Nice. Because they could do it. Well, so they
0: probably needed that bed, too. Yeah, right?
1: Yeah. So I, it's just, it's amazing how innovation sometimes just comes, uh, you know, crisis innovation yeah, type crisis thing. crisis innovation. But uh, anyway, but no, that's,
0: They do it in war all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's just another way to do it, right? Exactly. But uh, that's really fascinating. I'm actually... I've I've not heard of this. This is great. Yeah, I'm going to... Typically, I'm in the up and up on what's going on in your world, but I haven't heard this.
1: I love love it. it. Yeah, Yeah, this is good. Hey,
0: well, let me ask you a question then. Since I haven't heard of it, maybe there's a whole bunch of people that haven't heard of it. How do you tap into that resource?
2: Well, um, I mean, you might want to start at one of the federal government websites, CMS, or, or just Google accountable care organization ACOs or value-based care and just start you know looking at at this and you know it's again it's not a perfect system and you know it's one of those systems where you need to be uh, as a healthcare provider you need to be assigned these patients before they really need care for to be reimbursed this way so it's it 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 accounts for people that are under your care whether they see you in a visit or not. So that's why you know it doesn't surprise me that if you're if you're more involved in urgent care, you might not have heard about this because it's not it, it, the reimbursement model doesn't work so well in urgent care unless you're assigned all these patients before they ever come in, in your building, mm-hmm. which is not always easy to do.
0: Well we've had the opportunity to work with lots and lots of urgent cares and almost not all, but almost all of them, uh, have a primary care function built into theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're the only one that I've been able to hear that could give me a good bridge the gap on how that works for you, which I appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. Um, let me ask you a total, well, actually you asked that and I'll ask the last one. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So you've been doing this for ten, what 10 plus years now. What's one thing you wish you had done when you first opened your clinic, you know, learning from your lessons, right?
2: Oh, that's a, that's a good, good question. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I could probably create a, a list for you. If you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, for one thing, just to kind of tap into, you know, sort of the, the online marketing, uh, I might have changed the name of my website and put urgent care yeah. in, in the title of the website uh, just because, you know, again, you, you guys understand a lot more how SEO and all that works, but I think there are things like that, simple things that, that I could have done that if I would have known might've helped us, you know, a little more over the last 10 years. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there, I'm sure there are other things, but that that's one, you know, simple thing that I think I could have done differently.
1: I tell you, we we make this joke, like the next business that we start, we just put near me as the end of it. (laughs) Just call right. it urgent care near me. Yeah. And you'll probably win. So <laughs> no, it's real. Do it.
0: It's funny. Uh, we we just helped uh, urgent care launch close by here, uh, in Chelsea, Alabama. Yep. And hmm. it's funny because there's a Chelsea Urgent Care. Now that, that's a little city, by the way. It's not it's, it's not a, this massive place. I think they
1: have like 15,000, yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, but it was it was Chelsea Urgent Care. And our client's like, what are we supposed to do about that? We're, we're, we're going to get you to show up. But anytime somebody searches Chelsea Urgent Care, you're just not going to get rid of them. There's nothing we can do about that. Yeah, it's so. pretty
1: funny. He's like, can we get rid of this? I'm like, yes, we've done it in the past with others. It just takes a little time. Yeah. And like within the, like they've been with us now for about a month and a half. And we finally just got above the Chelsea Urgent Care on some searches. So right. we're working on it. But anyway, yeah, like the naming, like we even joke with the uh, car insurance people of the world it's not auto insurance. It's car insurance. This is how, <laughs> how people search.
0: Well, so, just like you don't put immediate care, you put urgent care. Yeah. Now, you can call it immediate care. And the reason you don't put urgent is because you don't want uh, emergency room. Yeah. Right. And I get why they are trying to transition with that, but nobody searches. They search urgent care. Yeah. That's how the, it's gonna
1: you got to stick with the masses. That's right. You know? And just,
0: I, you know, push everybody that is, you know, their arm fell off. You just got to send them <laughs> where they need to go and love <laughs> on them. But all right. So we have a lot of listeners that have established urgent cares, they're growing to multiple locations, all right. You have grown to an additional location. What would you say is the first step toward taking my single location urgent care and expanding to another location? What is a pitfall that we could watch out for?
2: I'm I'm not exactly sure how to answer that question. Okay. I, mean, I mean, I think, I think, you know, it, it it several things help. I mean, if you've been successful at one location, you got to, by and large, for the most part, you got to stick with your formula, right? Um, unless, unless it's a completely different community in some way. Uh, and then I think the other thing is to do your research about that community and see if there, if there is a difference, or if there is a different population that you're going to market to. Um, but, but I sort of, have over the years become a believer in you know sticking to your bread and butter you know if you do like we do primary care and urgent care you know we've we've delved into other things we've tried to do some occupational health and and we had a dermoscopy clinic where we were doing some screening for kin, skin cancers you know a little bit of dermatology we've done different things but you know if you just really focus on what you're good at or what you do which for us is primary care and urgent care and, and, you know, you get, get, become really good at that and be able to do it over and over again. And you can replicate that in another location.
1: Yeah, it's that that classic uh, rinse and repeat model. Do what you're good at and repeat it and yes. keep repeating it and keep exactly. repeating it. We, we, we like that model here when uh, we can do it. Do, yeah. Like absolutely do. no reason to reinvent the wheel just because you can. Right. But uh, anyway, so Dr. Rout, we're we're up on our time here. Thank you again for coming on and spending a little time with us. I know you're super busy, so we greatly appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience before we, we leave today?
2: Uh, I don't think so, um, but thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been great to be here. Absolutely. Hey,
0: loved having you on. We hope to have you back on in the future, especially to talk about that those kind of loopholes you were talking about. <laughs> like maybe we can explore that on our next one. Dr. Rob, thanks for being with us, man. We're going to see you on the next episode very soon, okay?
2: Thank you. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye.